Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. This is the Ash London Podcast. I am, you guessed it, Ash London. Reformed radio host, new mum and human being on a quest to live my best life when it feels like the world around me is imploding. Sound familiar? Every Tuesday, we do a bit of mum chat. Every Thursday, I do my favourite thing on the planet and I interview a guest. From celebrities who have entertained us over the craziness of the last two years to everyday people with inspiring stories. This is the Ash London Podcast. Hello, my loves. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry that it has been so long, that we had a bit of a break that I didn't tell you about. The reason I didn't tell you we were going to have a break from the podcast is because I didn't know we were going to have a break because my husband very rudely got COVID. And then what followed was me having to um, isolate with a baby in the same apartment and parent 24 hours a day. While Buddy was teething. It was harrowing to say the least, but it's over now. Um, The Bud Man and I remained negative, which kind of just solidifies a belief I've always had about myself that I am indeed superhuman. But here we are. uh, We are back and I'm super excited for today's guest. I actually did need to edit one second of this because um, obviously it was all good, but... um, my guest today is someone that I did radio with pretty much every night for a couple of years, one of my best mates. And as a result, we know each other really well and uh, there's never any awkward talk over. I, we can anticipate each other pretty well. So I knew going into this that it would be a great chat. Um, what I didn't know was that I would learn so much about um, Angus O'Loughlin. I don't know if I've said his name yet or if I was working up to a big reveal. Anyway, it's Angus O'Loughlin. Um, he became a father a year and a bit ago and it's been such a pleasure watching Gussie become a dad. And in today's episode, um, we talk a lot about that and his journey into fatherhood, especially as somebody who has never had a father growing up. He was raised by his incredible mum, Annie, who I know will listen. How you doing, Annie? Um, and he's surrounded by incredible women. He's grandma, Marty, who, uh, still looks about 30 and his gorgeous sister, Hannah who also has two girls. He's surrounded by girls um, and he's all the better for it. Um, Angus and his partner Emily had Indy in February of last year and, oh man, when he told me he was having a baby, I was so emotional, so happy, so shocked that he had beaten me to it. <laughs> I couldn't believe that, um, but I wasn't far behind. I'm really excited for... Um, you guys to hear this chat especially if you're anyone who listened to our radio show back in the day yeah let's get into it angus o'loughlin welcome to the podcast my love thank you very much ash london so so um professional yeah aren't we look at us podcast remotely doing things pro 
I'm using Baby. your stage name, not your real name. Full pro. <laughs> 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 well, it's a long time coming and I wanted to like a leap. I didn't want to like, because I, th- I feel like people expected me to have you on the podcast like second week mm. because, you know, we... Angus and Ash, classic. Mm. But I wanted to give it some time, make sure that you, you know, liked fatherhood before I did this podcast. <laughs> one day India will listen to it, you know. That's true. No, I um, I knew that. It is funny because we haven't worked together for years. In so like, long. But yet I still feel that my career is still ingrained in everything that we did in those three years we're on air together. Isn't it crazy? Because we've since both had our own shows. And yeah. all, but I don't know, there's something, maybe it's because... That was the, I mean, you had a lot of fun in your career before, but that was the first time that I felt like I kind of drew a line in the sand and started properly in radio and mm. learnt the most. It was a big show as well. And it's only on reflection that you realise how big it was. Like, you oh, my know, gosh. Like, Especially I'm like, oh, now God. that we are like such losers and have, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we don't do anything cool anymore. No. And then we think back and we're like, man, we did not. And although we did appreciate because I remember yeah. so many times where you said to me like, this isn't normal, this won't last forever. Mm. Like we will look back on this and be like, holy crap, someone's flying us overseas to attend a award show. This is ridiculous. Yeah. No, we definitely knew we were grateful and knew what we we're doing in the moment. But, um, yeah, and, and you know what? It's probably the biggest impact on my career as well because, you know, I think it's also because we grew, that was such a social show. Yeah. Um, that the, the followers that I have, I've like never gained followers again since leaving that show. <laughs> so everyone who follows me on my Instagram yeah. just expects Harry Styles photos. What's up, Jackie Warner? What's up, Michaela? Yeah, so it's... um Our peeps. I think that's a really good place to start for this chat, sure. um, new, new Dad Who Dis with Angus O'Loughlin, hmm. because I people would maybe from the outside, if they did follow us back then, have an idea of the kind of guy you were. Mm. And for the most part, they would be correct. So mm. you, you were, you were, I don't know what the, I mean, the English say you're a cad. You were just, you were out there living your best single life, bro. Yeah. I, um, Enjoying the spoils of having a national profile. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I definitely did everything that I lived with no regrets for. Um, there was certainly, uh, you know, they say, you can't miss the shot you don't take, and I was I was shooting shots, <laughs> and I couldn't be more opposite. Like I came into this, you know, like as a good Christian girl with a boyfriend. Yeah, and, you Fuck know, <laughs> I never took full advantage of it. Even when mm. I was single, I was very much like. And I remember the one night, uh, so like after, you know, I was single, I had been single for a while and I thought tonight at the Iris, tonight I'm going to hook up with someone because he'd always told me, Ash, you've got to just get back on the hall. He's got to hook up with someone. And I was like, no, no, none of us, I love them. And then that night I was like, stuff it tonight. I am going to hook up with someone. And then I met Adrian and we got married. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, James Arthur had a shot. Poor Adrian at the after party is like waiting outside the cordoned off area to chat to me while I'm sitting there chatting away with James Arthur thinking, nah, I'd rather just be talking to that guy I just met that I think I want to marry. That's right. Oh, those are the days. So, yeah, you were, you were, you know, this beautiful mix of someone who on the outside people would think, you know, party animal, but you, anyone that knows you knew that you were complete, yes, you were a party animal, but 
very loving. You're a family man. You love your mom and your and your grandma Marty and your sister. So tell people listening about your situation growing up because you were really the only guy around in a very kind mm. of female centric, female led household, and you remain so close to those women to this day. Yeah, still am. Um, the only I think there's me and my uncle Jono at Christmas, and there's Jono. there's fourteen women at the table. Um, so yeah, it's my life's been surrounded by women. Um, my dad left when I was three and we had very limited, you know, uh, catch ups with him. I think once a year we would fly up to North Queensland where he was, um, my sister and I, and, and then that kind of just stopped just like one, I don't know, one year or something. We just didn't get the invite up to Mackay or Rockhampton or wherever dad lived. And, um, and did you care? Were you like upset or at that point were you like, I, I don't care if this guy's in my life or not? He, he never had been in my life. I, I'd got a, yeah. you know, and he hates me talking about it and he'll be listening to this. Um, but I, I got a text on or a call on my birthday and Christmas and that was it. That was sort of the transition from actually seeing him. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they stopped. I haven't, you know, I, oh. I haven't got a text off my dad in years except for when he found out through my socials that uh, we were expecting yeah and then i got the same text message control c control v when she was born i know you sent me a screen snap but i was like unbelievable scene. yeah but you... and i thought that would affect me being a father because i yeah. didn't have i didn't have a male i had male influences around me my grandpa was a huge part of my life but he passed away in 2002 um and i had some other dads that i kind of yeah. leached off you know friends with yeah. and, and took some um sort of role model-esque but yeah. for most of it, you know, I, I'm built on women, on the shoulders of them, yeah. You never seem to be angry about it, though, because I think a lot of guys, a lot of people mm. will probably have a bit of a chip on their shoulder and maybe I just caught you after after the chip, but you always seem to kind of be very at peace with it and made jokes about it. It's not like I feel like there's some deep-seated trauma within you of abandonment or anything. Maybe there is and it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> I haven't seen a therapist in my life and I'm, I'm due. Um, yeah, no, if you don't know life a different way, like they didn't get divorced when I was 12. Yeah, I was okay. three years old. I have no memory of it. All I know is dad and mum being separated. Um, and so when he started to kind of fade away a little bit, I, I knew my postman better than I did my dad. So... <laughs> It didn't, it, it's, you know, and if your postman changes his route, your life doesn't get affected. Yeah, and I know yeah, that's yeah. everyone, it's your flesh and blood and all of that stuff, but nature versus nurture, I was not, yeah. I wasn't nurtured by him. Yes, I had resemblances to my dad from a physical attribute, but emotionally. And you both ended and, up in radio, which I think is. Yeah, my yeah, my dad is uh, did 40 years in radio, still is in radio. So, um, but, you know, the person that I am is is who I was raised by women. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever have any sort of fear within you that you wouldn't know how to be a dad because you'd never had a dad or did you mm. feel like you, you know, like you had a mum and a dad I think in one person? Yeah, I think that I, you know, you, I, I knew what it was to be a good person. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to instill from a moral standpoint in my children. I wanted to be a dad. That's really important. Yeah. I've never asked my dad if he wanted to be a dad, but he just doesn't show the characteristics of someone who wanted to be a father. Whereas, did he ever have other kids? Um, no, he hasn't. Oh, that's a, actually a long question. Uh, yeah, we did get an email of someone who said that your dad's my dad once. Um, <laughs> oh, the drama. This is a podcast in itself. I know, but um, ten part series. 
No, we've got a stepbrother um, from dad's uh, current marriage. Um, but we, gotcha. Yeah, we, we don't see him either, David, but um, no other, well, maybe a biological, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All of us could, we don't know. Exactly. It's all a mystery. Um, um, yeah. So, and that's one thing I always remember is that while I was shocked when you told me you were having a baby, hmm. I wasn't surprised that you were going to be a dad because to me that was all, and a lot of your friends had had, you know, kids already and some had really struggled to have kids. Mm. So I know I knew that it was something you really wanted. Did you ever, did you get to an age where you thought, you know what, you know, I'm, I, this is something I want now or was it still like this is something I will want? Yeah, no, I knew Emily was the person. Um, yeah. that's my partner. So I knew that she was the person that I wanted to have a family with. Um, and she's very much the same, wanted kids, made it. Yeah. She yeah. comes from a big family. She's got five brothers. Um, and so she's, you know, very family based and, and focused. Look, technically Indy was an accident, but she was also planned for the future. So, yeah. um, Emily's family go to Noosa or did before COVID stuff. They kind of went every year around December, January. And, um, Emily and I had discussed to start trying at the end of the year um, on that Noosa trip and then uh, COVID happened and uh, we, we just made a baby. So yeah. probably... <laughs> so, just so many of us. Yeah. Like we'll got this to do and then we'll do the baby thing and then yeah. you're sitting at home going, well, yeah, what else? we might as well to do it now. <laughs> That's right. Well, so it wasn't planned. Like when Emily – I remember when Emily told me she was pregnant, complete surprise. Like, Yeah. She'd felt a little bit ill and had gone to the doctors for a checkup on a couple of things. Um, and also, like, we didn't know that it was going to happen. Like, you know, I hope Emily doesn't mind me saying, but she has struggled with endo as well. So um, that it was a shock. It could have been a year of trying. It could have been, yeah. Years. We just, yeah. you know. And so I remember she came back and she sat on our bed. Actually, I was playing Call of Duty. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> And she walked down the hall and I'm like chatting to my squad mates and she walked down the Fair. hall and I just copped this eye off her like, oh, and I was like, oh, that's something's bad. She's got a bad, like, you know, yeah. diagnosis from the doctor. So I just, you know, sorry, boys, bloody the missus. <laughs> yeah, you know, ball and chain. Yeah, hung up the headset and went into the front room and Emily's like just like blank expression, like shocked. And she's just like, I'm pregnant. And I went, Really? <laughs> and I just remember like, like with child and she's like, yeah. And then I just, this is no word of a lie. We had these like Venetian, you know, those bamboo <laughs> blinds that were closed. I opened them up, <laughs> leant against the window and looked out <laughs> and I went, wow, I'm going to, and then I, this is, Emily will laugh hearing this because it's exactly what happened. I went, I, I, I'm going to go for a walk. I mean, you're invited. I mean, <laughs> Everyone's invited, like all of us. We're all going for a walk. I just need some fresh air. And then we uh, we went for a walk and, um, yeah, just. Oh, my god! And that was it. That was, um, yeah, we found it very early, like four or five weeks. Yeah. But I think in a sense, I mean, you'd prefer that than to, I mean, obviously, I, mean, I guess now you've never experienced what it's like to try for a baby. Mm. And that is, that is just. Yeah. This like weird two weeks of disappointment followed by two weeks of hope, and then your period comes and you go back to the and it's exhausting. Yeah, that that's that's something that and do you know what? There's this weird thing about being a parent is like um, there's a couple of things I've noticed. Uh, don't talk to people who are trying to have children and tell them how mm. easy you had it. Oh no no uh, no. Which I you know I never did, but it's just like 
these are, you just have to listen and not put your own feedback in. Just like, oh, I'm really so sorry. That's a, and the other one with that is if you've got a good sleeper, don't tell other parents. Just no, be like, no, no. just sit there once again and listen and nod your head. I had that experience this week as Buddy's sleep has been horrendous all of a sudden and I was telling a friend who has a baby the same age and um, I was, you know, like just having a bitch and then I was like asked her about her daughter Savannah. She just didn't answer mm. and changed the subject and in my mind I was like, that's a real friend. Yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't want to lie to me but she no. also doesn't want to tell me the truth because obviously this baby is sleeping through the night. I thought, yeah, she's a legend. We're like, yeah. And there is so many of those things that you learn, right? Yeah. When you're like actually living it and yeah. you realize that it is not some kind of um, like idea, but it's the reality of living parenthood every day and things like sleep, you know, it sounds like this kind of concept before mm. the baby sleeping, but when you're actually in the midst of it, you're like, this is the difference between me feeling like I am a human being or feeling like I am not alive. Yeah, that's so true. And then, you know, the other thing about the misconceptions of first-time parenthood is just like there's this idea that it's like, oh, sleep when they sleep. But it's like, no, it's... What the who? That's the thing. I I know. What the bullshit is that advice? And then you look around at your bomb shelter of a home and you're like... Exactly. What, sleep on these dirty sheets that the baby vomited on? Great. (laughs) They need to be cleaned. Covered in breast milk and I haven't had a shower. Yeah. I'm too tired to have a shower. So instead of cleaning the house, having to all the... I'm just going to sit here and stare at the wall for two hours. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden the baby will wake up and I've done nothing and then I'll hate myself for it. Yeah. So there's a a lot of learnings. It's... um, it was a it was a wild ride. I do feel that nine months or like let's say eight months or seven months when you find out you're I feel like it's a good amount of time to agree. You actually get a lot of time to process what you're about to go through. Yeah. Um, I do feel for people who like you know the stories are like you know it fell out of the toilet and you're like yeah, oh shit. guy at work five months they round out yeah I've got a mate of mine Tim's cousin was on the front page of the Geelong Advertiser because the baby was literally born on the toilet they had no idea. Like a real story. Do you know how it's like an urban myth? It's like happened to a mate's cousin. Like it's legit. Um, and I feel for those guys, like that is a whirlwind, especially if it's your first. But Absolutely. I feel like I feel like you know you have enough time to come mentally yeah. to terms with the fact that your life's about to change. But then also you know have the time to settle in and and, and get the rooms ready and yeah. get your life in order. And you're a very practical person. I've known you for a while. You are good with money. You mm-hmm. are organized. Your life is very well planned. You know, like you are pretty different. You you are my husband pretty much, mm. you know, like. So I would imagine that, and especially because of the nature of our jobs, Gussie, we mm. don't, you know, a normal person, you're an accountant, let's say a nurse, you know, you become that job and then, you know, you do it and then in three years you get a promotion and you get an 8% pay rise and you can pretty much do that job for 20 years and take your maternity leave and go back and yada, yada, yada. Mm. It's very much not the nature of our work where we work on one, two, three-year contracts that may get extended, they may not. So we have this kind of wonderful job where we get paid well and have great flexibility but there isn't really the kind of job security. So how did you approach that knowing what you're like and knowing mm. that you would have wanted a 20-year financial plan for a baby yeah. but also knowing that the nature of our work is just here, there and everywhere? Did it affect your relationship with job and, and money? It's Yeah, I think the money chat is – Emily's not a great money chat person. She doesn't like to – I'd love to sit down and have a budget and, and, and go yeah, through yeah. that but that's not how Emily works and so that's just not how we work. Uh, I was lucky enough – to be smart with my money, like you said, in those early days when, you know, 
there's a risk and reward, the high risk mm. threshold of you can be fired from your job one day, but you get paid well for it while you're in it. Yeah. So I did set myself up financially for investments that will, you know, be fruitful for Indy. Like I said, like I like to say, like I've planted a seed that one day she'll sit under the tree of. So yeah. um, I feel lucky in a respect of um, in 30 years, she's going to live a comfortable existence in the fact of um, I, she won't have to worry about money. Yeah. But at the moment, you know, the person who's paying those mortgages is, is me. Yeah. So um, it's a it's a tough conversation, especially because, you know, uh, radio ended for me um, last year, I made a decision to go out on my own and, and create a podcast business. And that was, it's, that was really stressful. Luckily I, we had a savings banked up and I, I had a plan together to, um, try and make it work, but certainly not on the money that I was, you know, yeah. pre- maybe in the future one day, you know, hopefully we can get to a point that it's going to be a comfortable existence at the moment. There's some tuna rice being thrown around on tables. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But, but you can't really when and you might be different mm. but when you are earning really well and you have been earning well for a while and also you're a performer and you've got that kind of ego and people know who you are it is hard in your mind to to really imagine what it will be like when that stops so it's this abstract idea that i said it'll be fine mm. the reality of it while we will survive is completely different when you are not getting that regular healthy pay into your bank account every month. Yeah. You can't really understand what that feels like until you're actually living it, if you know what I mean. Very true. I mean, I missed the 14th of every month. Um, oh. That was payday at SCA. Um, for sure, definitely. But the what I've found, what I didn't in my head think about was um, how to support the family financially, but also what other support needs to be in place that's maybe more important because to Emily that, you know, for me, I'm like, I need to get the roof above our heads. Um, and then for Emily, she's like, I'd prefer you to be under that roof with the, yeah. with us as long as possible. And so, so I, true. that's my, that's my juxtaposition of, I need to be here where I am at the moment at my mm-hmm. office, where I get my work done, where my computer is, where I do all my edits, everything like that. Um, while my daughter is at home with Emily, who also feels at the same time that she can't get away from, her it's this weird mm. so we haven't found the balance of that and financially it's as well like we I thought we we're going pretty well because babies are cheap no one talks about this babies cost nothing for the first six months <laughs> for the first six months yeah nothing <laughs> and then daycare especially especially Whew. if like you have generous friends and family and you inherit things we inherited like all like a cot from my cousin, all the clothes from Violet, whose baby's three months ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah, the cocooner baby from you, which I'm now passing on to our mate Todders. Nice. You know, like things like that. And then, I mean, daycare, that, that's a proper expense. Yeah, definitely. The, the generosity of family and friends, like exactly Emily's um, got uh, her older brother, Denny's got a daughter called uh, Dolly, and we, her mum, Jan, just held on to, like I'm talking a huge vacuum-sealed bag of girls' clothes. And so we have, so we still have all that. So that generosity for sure allows you, but then 
yeah, that's when stuff comes through, like she starts eating solids and this girl likes to snack. And so I'm spending like a dollar thirty on these little orange carrot themed crusket things that she smacks a packet of. Um, and then daycare is a huge one as well. So um, because as well, we're not getting subsidized for that because my mm. wage is in the financial year that I was still in radio yeah. and I got a, I had a lot of leave. So I got paid out well on my exit. So we, we are paying full 150 bucks a day. And can That's I say a this? Lot of money. This is my advice to you, Ash, and any new parents listening. For one, find the daycare that you want your kid to go to and enroll them when they're born. Because mm. we lobbed up to this beautiful daycare at the end of our street and they were like, oh, there's 50 families in front of you on a waiting list. And I was like, what? And the other thing about daycare, which I learned in the last month, is uh, we got, so we went to another daycare and they're like, oh, we've got a Monday and Friday available. And we're like, fantastic, we'll take it. And then what I didn't realize is they still charge you for the days that are public holidays that they don't work. So no oh. daycare is open and they charge you the full race. You're joking me. Facts. So you want to Even if they're closed on that yep. day. Yep. And imagine that, like Easter, Friday and Monday, paying no, 300 no. bucks. Would, yes. No. Yep. That is yep. absolutely unacceptable. So make sure you find out where you want to go to, enroll them when they're young, um, and you know, for the idea in six months that they'll be there, and then also try and get a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's uh, some nice. sad advice. Thank you very much. Welcome. So what were those early months like as far as the balance? I mean, there's never going to be, um, and, and Indy's bottle fed, like formula yep. fed. So I think that really helps with there being mm -hmm. a balance because I always felt like no matter how hard Adrian works, eight times a day, I'm stuck, not stuck. Yep. I have this child <laughs> on me yeah. and it's a lot and it never felt even. And I think even with formula, it's never going to be even. Mum's always going to do more. Mm -hmm. But how was that balance for you and how did you find that? Um, I took on a fair bit early. Um, I thought I really wanted Emily to get good sleep. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so we were, we were bottle feeding straight away. Uh, Indy just never took to the breast. So um, as soon as we got home, I just stayed in the living room um, next to the cot and I fed her throughout the night. So Emily mm -hmm. slept the full eight, nine hours. Oh, the dream. Yeah, so she was able to do that. And then it was really nice that I got to spend those times. Yeah. I, I, I just I run at a different level. Um, and, like, Emily was still breastfeeding, uh, sorry, pumping as well, so that's draining Oof. her. And I'm just able to. I can run on the smell of an oily rag. Yeah. I mean, you've had night radio plus cod. Yeah, So exactly. you're used to like not a lot of sleep. And brekkie hours as well, waking up <laughs> brekkie, at 4am. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I'm really good. I've never hit the snooze button in my life. So I'm ready to go. So I was able to take on those, that role pretty early of doing the overnights. Uh, and then we just found a routine and it worked. So we would go to um, our routine was, you'll love this, we'll go, Emily would go to bed. She'd feed Indy at like, let's say eight. Then they would both go down to bed and then I would play video games until midnight and then when the dream, I... dream, uninterrupted. I know. And then I would, you know, log off, go do a dream feed with Indy yeah. and then she would sleep it through till like 4 or 5 a.m. And by that time, Em's had a full night's sleep. So um, we found a little routine that felt like we were both so benefiting good. from time with her. But obviously that's, you know, we, we've been lucky that Indy has been quite a good sleeper. So... Um, she kind of stuck to that structure with us. And uh, I think that we met, yeah, I think we found a balance pretty early on um, mm. in sharing that early load. Um, Did you find sure. that you were already really good communicators? Because 
Adrian and I, like, I don't, you know, that, that I think that's the best part of our relationship is that we're just really good at talking things out very early on and getting on the same page. But for other people, you know, that's just not a natural thing to have to have tough conversations or be honest and do those things. This is what I need. I need you to stop doing this, yada, yada, yada. Do you feel like um, you were kind of, you could have those conversations easily or was was there work associated? Because there is uh, work for most people to get to that kind of, yeah, and you're I, tired and there's just so much I, on top of it. I think, uh, look, I'll put myself out here and say that I'm, you would think I'm a great communicator, but I'm not very good at communicating my emotions. Mm. Um, and I would say for the most part, I'm quite emotionless. Now, in a weird respect, when we talk about my dad and stuff, like I've spoken about on air before, that if my if I was to find out that my dad had passed away, I'm not sure that I would shed a tear. Um, mm. And that's a lack of emotion. I'm emotionally aware that I don't have much emotions, yeah, yeah, but yeah. then I can you watch an X Factor audition and hear the backstory of some singer and ball my eyes. <laughs> um, and if Marty died, you'd get a you know a oh, life size tattoo of oh, Marty on your back. Of course. Yeah, it's a um, So there, there's certain when it comes to conversations around indie, I'm Emily's emotional and I'm logical, and so we actually don't gel very well with communicating. Um, for example, we've been having an argument, quite sufficient argument in our household last week about um, Indy being on the couch. So I throw Indy around like backflips, turn her over. She screams with laughter. It's her favorite thing. Like it's our little bonding thing. But Emily's in the kitchen like, ah, oh, ah, like literally yeah, making shuddering sounds as she yeah. gets close to the edge of the couch. And I'm like, let me be, please. <laughs> And she's like, well, what if she falls off the couch? I'm like, well, you know, then she falls off the couch and we all learn a lesson. But, you know, yeah. I, this is my relationship with her. And um, and she's right as well. If she falls off the couch, you know, she's going to hit the yeah. fan. But we don't communicate very well. So I'm I'm like, don't tell me what to do. And she's like, I'm telling you what to do. Um, <laughs> and so maybe, yeah, I, look, to be perfectly honest, yeah. our communication could be much better when it comes to indie. And I think we definitely disagree on simple things of like, you know, I took indie for a walk the other day, um, just me and her, and she's like, what's the weather outside? I'm like, yeah, it's nice. She's like, bit cold. Yeah. I'm like, no, I think it's quite nice. She's like, a jumper might be good. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think it needs a jumper. I haven't got a jumper on. She's You're like, such a shithead. But I didn't think she but needed a jumper. But, but this the- is the different thing is that same with Aidy and I, because I would say in 90% of relationships, dad goes back to work after two weeks, mum's home 24-7 with the baby. So mum's the boss of the baby. Mum is the one that has to make all the decisions. And dad yeah. kind of has to get on board with whatever mum's decided. So if, he, if dad comes home and mm. you go up, but when you are both home more and you're both parenting and you're yeah. both in the kind of in the trenches, there isn't a boss. You mm. both have to kind of, you know, and it is yeah. different. That's it, true. I've never thought about it like that because that has changed for us. You know, I was doing weekend breakfast, which was I was working six hours a week. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we were both in the trenches at home together. Mm. And now since I've started this, you know, different venture in podcasting, I'm at the office. And so I leave yeah. at 8.30 and I get home at 5.30, 6 o'clock. And so Em does spend the whole time with her. So all of the development or learnings that she's done that day is all mm. off the back of Emily. And so I've got to jump onto the train of, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever routine Em has her in at that point is where I come into. And I will point out that I did put a jumper on Indy as well when I went for that walk. So well done. the compromise is Emily's always right. Absolutely. And how have you gone 
I mean, there's no shame in saying you've enjoyed having time away from a, a baby that yeah. requires you. But how was that going back to work? Um, I I miss indie when I'm at work. Em's great with sending videos and stuff throughout the day. Um, I miss it when I'm at work, but I don't miss the labor involved in having a child as well. It's a lot. Yeah, I I feel very lucky that I get to have fun with Indy in the morning before I go, and then I get to have fun with her before bedtime as I get home. But I also, you know, I do change a nappy and stuff like that. I'm not that guy, but um, mm. you know, I also, you know, on the weekends, like we're recording this on a Monday, so Saturday, Sunday, you're there just like arduously watching them play with cubes on the ground while Bluey's playing in the background for the seventeen hundred time. <laughs> And you know, all this she's she loves Harry Styles' new song and Justin Bieber. So all of a sudden, we're dancing for another forty-five minutes. So she actually has preferences for singers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Likes Chris Stapleton. Um, and that so she's hilarious. Yeah, and then so, and we know that because we have like you know Nick Junior has like a music channel yeah. for kids, and so she will stop when she hears two or three songs she likes, and they're always on repeat on those channels. So, um, but I do I miss Indy so much when I'm at work. I feel very comfortable that she's with M. Like, couldn't mm. be in better hands. But I do. I I can get frustrated, and my attention span wanes when having to do the monotonous tasks of being a father or a parent. Yeah, the monotony is something that my psychologist actually mentioned it when I was about seven months pregnant, and we we're talking about you know like parenthood and how it's going to be. And one thing she said is like, Ash, just the one thing you need to be prepared for is it, and it's an unpopular opinion, but parenthood can be boring and monotonous mm. there are times when it will actually just you will be so bored hmm. and you need to be ready for that because it's worth it and there are moments that are so magic that they kind of override that but there are times I'm just thinking I just want you to go just I wish it was nap time already because mm. I don't even remember who I am anymore <laughs> like you know and that's tough and you feel bad but yeah. I'm glad I had someone to tell me and then I have honest parents in my life like you and like Violet who will say, yeah, no, part of it is pretty shitty and mm. like, and it's the same thing every day. Yeah. It's the same as yesterday, which is why it's so great when they learn something new or, you know, like today he finally was able to sit in his high chair by himself and properly eat. And I was like, oh, this is a game changer. Yeah. That's a fun one. High chairs are great. Just constant snacks over and over again. Gives you a bit <laughs> of breathing time. Um, what I there's two things that I find really funny looking back on the last year and a bit with Indy is you are convincing yourself that being a parent is great in the first six to eight months. Yeah. There's this might we and maybe you need to go there because it's not you get nothing in return. They take take take, and there's you like they're just they're floppy little necks. They absolutely mm-hmm. need you to survive, and then finally you get a smile, and then you get yeah. a dad. And then now we're, we're discovering all the other stuff, like beginning to walk, um, you know, having, she picks up a bunch of words uh, and she surprises you with them. Like oh. I, like we had, a, we had a champagne on Sunday and I was like, uh, I was like, oh, geez, you know, look at all the bubbles. And all of a sudden out of nowhere in her parent, bubble. And we're like, <laughs> and we're like, hey, how cool is this? And then like, you know, that's I'm like, so do you want to have a bath? And she's like, bah. So that's the best part about being a parent is, watching your kid discover the world. Yeah. Um, it but, is tough at the start though. Oh, but you don't know it's tough. You think this is great. Oh, no, I knew it was tough. Oh. <laughs> I think when, I think when you're breastfeeding, yeah. it is a lot worse because the child, the baby's on you a lot mm. 
and you and I was I it was painful and my nipples hurt and you're hot and sweaty. Mm. So you feel like you give, 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 give eight times a day for 30, 40, 50 minutes, and the baby doesn't even look at you. Mm. Like no eye contact. Nothing. And I was like, baby hates me. Mm. I'm a bad mum and I don't enjoy this. So I'm a double bad mum and something's wrong with me. And then I like told my mum one night, I burst into tears and she's like, Oh no, darling. Like, Eventually he'll smile at you. And the next day he smiled yeah. at me and I was like, oh, my God. Because I was like, I've got postnatal depression. I'm a bad mom. Yeah. Something's wrong with me. Like I didn't. Because you know me, I'm very loving, like maternal. I assumed the baby would come out and we would look at each other and be like, ah. Mm. Whereas Adrian always said, and in his episode of his podcast, he said he didn't feel any bond with the baby until he met the baby. Mm. So when the baby's inside my tummy, I felt so connected. And he yeah, was just like, it's just this abstract yeah. idea of a baby. I think I, I did love that part about AB's episode as well. And I think I text you about that because it is so true. There is a, a, a biological connection immediately because you are growing that child in, mm. inside you. And we get to watch from afar and, you know, occasionally feel the little gremlin through the skin. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I think you you grow in love with your child. Even when Indy was yeah. born, I didn't feel an immediate connection to her. Um, Did that surprise you? Uh, no, just knowing that who I am and who yeah. I uh, was. Like, I, here's the weird thing. I I grew in love with Indy and I still grow in love with her every day and I hope it never stops. But I, when she was born, I would have taken a bullet for her. Yeah. I, or if someone said one of you dies, I take that. Even though I have, yeah. I've just met this child, of course. But yeah, I, when I when when I first first held her, I expected that romantic moment of, mm. you know, blah blah, you know, what whatever the movies say. But in reality, yeah. you know, I opened up four buttons on my shirt and had an umbilical cord un- weirdly <sighs> sticking into me with this peg, and yeah. um, I was. I was everyone warned me of the black poo and I was like, oh, she's going to do the black tar poo on me. <laughs> and so like, it wasn't that beautiful connection at the start, but you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything because I enjoy the process of, mm. um, of getting to know her more and, and you know, my heart singing every time she does yeah. something cool. In what ways do you think you're a, you're a good dad that you're nailing it? Um, because she's, she's full of character. And I'd like to think that that's a bit of nurture. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 we're pr- I'm pretty loud in the house. We do a lot of dancing. I spend a lot of time with my jocks just running around her in circles. <laughs> um, and she's full of character and I see a lot of that in me. Um, I think I've been a good dad because I think that Emily feels taken care of. Mm. Um, not in a financial respect, but in a loving respect, You've got I her guess. back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's a huge one is, you know, we're in this together. Um, and I also, you know, I, I'm i proud of the person I'm becoming. I've mellowed out mm. a lot. Yeah, um, I I'm really happy with the person that I am and that makes me a more complete father in the moment and in the future is that nothing else matters than her. Mm. Um and I'm excited when I think about experiences of myself in the future, for example, I'm, you know, as I got a bit older, I'm exploring wine more and stuff. And I'm, I'd love to go to Italy, but then I'm also like thinking how great it's going to be to hold my ha- daughter's hand through the vineyards of, 
you know, Bordeaux. So true, right? You're like, so everything you think is of her. a place as, but would the kid really yeah. enjoy it? Yeah. Is, is everything there, changes. Is there any one floor castles in Bordeaux? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll obviously be joining you on that holiday, by the way. Like, Welcome. you know, that that is going to be a double date. Um, I think that is a perfect way to wrap this up. It was so beautiful. And you absolutely have mellowed and changed. Mm. And I think it, it is all for the better. And it's been wonderful watching you be a dad and be, you know, an even better partner to Emily, which is, you know, one of the things I love Adrian for. You become a better husband, you mm. become a better dad because you just become less selfish. And let's be honest, we were all pretty selfish before. For sure. But it's also nice that we can reflect on the people that we were and the people yeah. that we are. And, you know, if, if you don't change when you have a kid, then something's wrong. Yeah, it's um, so true. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been equally as great. You know, I, I surprisingly beat you to the baby post by a few months. I can't believe it. You were shocked. I'll, I'll never get over the fact that you had a kid before me. I know. But um, it happened the way it was meant to. But, yeah, I you know, I... We always knew that you were going to be a great mum and it was destined for you. And, you know, I think it was always surprising people that I had become a dad, even though it made sense to people that I would one day. It was like, oh, shit, Absolutely. it's happened. Whereas for you, uh, it's for, for as long as I've known you, you've had the mother instinct in you. And, um, yeah, to you know, to be one of your best mates and to watch you grow into being the mother you are and the one you're becoming is, uh, is so effortless to watch. And I, uh, I can't actually wait to meet the beautiful boy as well. It was supposed to be last week and then my husband rudely got COVID Ugh. halfway to Melbourne. <laughs> Gunda guy, hey? <gasps> I can't describe on the side <laughs> of the road. <laughs> Babe, I think you should just do one more rat. Yeah, but I've been negative three. Just do one more. I'll do one with you. And then I went to get my coffee and I came back. Pause. Oh, gosh. But, and um, someone recognised me at the cafe and didn't oh, tell me no, that afterwards. Me. And I was like, thankfully, you you know, I was ne- negative, course, yeah, so it was yeah, yeah. fine. I love you, sweetheart. Love can't you, wait mate. to see you. Thank you for this. And um, can't wait to cuddle in this bubble. Just throw and our kids at each video, other. Here, Indy. <laughs> and Bud. <laughs> Buddy's such a softy, though. I think Indy would probably scare him because she's Mr. Personality. Miss Personality. Oh, Buddy's yeah. very his dad. Oh, right. Yeah, no. He's just very quiet. He's very me at this stage. <laughs> very me. Can't wait. Love you. Love you. That's it for another episode of the Ash London Podcast. I hope you liked it. You can follow Angus at Angus underscore OL on the socials um, and follow his new company, From Your Pocket, which makes awesome podcasts. Uh, love you guys. Stay safe, well and happy. Hit me up anytime. Hello at ash.london for thoughts, suggestions, feedback, fan mail. Uh, fan mail. Remember that? Well, love you guys. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.